everybody and welcome to I'm walking here. Oh, oh no, <laughs> I'm talking here. We'll keep it. Keep going. It's fine. <laughs> the first time. Is yeah, well, we were talking about it. So yeah, I know. It's in my head. So welcome to the I'm Talking Here podcast with me, Aaron Day, and me, Rob Brent. I and here's Adam. Hello. I never know what no. to say to his hello because it's one of the sincere. most bizarre things. Sincere. We'll I go with sincere. Sincere? Yeah. Do you think it is? How would, you like me, how would you like me to say hello? Just hello. I would like it in very broad strokes. Broad strokes? Like painting? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, I want it I want it very... I, I want stereotypes, just not racist, okay? <laughs> so I want, I, want it in, I want it in different accents. No, that's, that's not good. It's just open just, again, not like, it, like, you know, hello. Like that. <laughs> Just a normal hello, because it's always like you're confused as to what you're hearing you say. You're like, hello. <laughs> I am confused why I'm here half the time. Well, you're demanded by your fan club. So the reason why uh, Rob said I'm walking here at the beginning mm. instead of I'm talking here is because... Uh, the reason why we're called I'm Talking Here is because it obviously derives from I'm Walking Here, which is a reference from the film Midnight Cowboy by the very famous Dustin Hoffman. Yes, yeah, and definitely. And you've had to wait all this time wondering why is it called, called I'm, I'm Talking, talking here, here? And now we're revealing it to you. Yeah, it is a film reference. It's not just because we're rude and we're trying to interrupt whatever it is you're doing in your daily life. That was a plot twist for the fans. Yeah. It was indeed. So, for today's podcast, we are going to be discussing British films. And we're going to be discussing our favourite British films. And we're also going to be talking about um, some fantastic British films that may not necessarily get the attention they deserve on uh, streaming services like Netflix. Mm. Because could we argue that there's a lot of American content on streaming services and perhaps British cinema doesn't really get a, a much of a foothold? In... Completely, completely, yeah. But first of all, mm. are we not doing Booksmart? You I, promised last week I you promised would get what? me to Booksmart and that we'd do Booksmart. Have you seen Booksmart now? No. You invited me, oh, out, for, <laughs> you invited me out for a meal to go and see Booksmart. Yeah. yeah. That never happened. It never happened. Yeah, because I said... Still we'd waiting ha- for it. Because I said that there was a screening on it like about quarter past four at the Tyneside Cinema in Newcastle. You should go there. It's a lovely cinema. And But then I never not heard for that view, Not for that screening though. It's no, it's happened. gone. <laughs> it's, it's been and gone. Been and gone. But yeah. yeah. Did, I, was, I was waiting for the follow-up. Oh, I'm very sorry. I wanted to know you really cared about it. Right, this is what we're going to do. However, Mm. no, no, go for for that first. Okay, however, in the the unlikelihood that it's still being shown in cinemas, because hopefully it is, because it is a a cracking film, and it's my favourite film of the year so far, um, if uh, it doesn't happen to be in cinemas over the course of the next few days, when it comes out on DVD... I will buy the DVD and I will buy us all a nice tasty dinner and we'll all sit around and watch it together. How does Fantastic. that sound? That sounds amazing. And we'll all what laugh together. What, what's going to be a nice tasty dinner? What are you going to uh, Something cinematic. Cinematic. I'm hot dog? Popcorn? Popcorn on top of the hot dog? I, I was... Cheesy sauce? Popcorn in a bun. Mm. Um, so... <laughs> Popcorn sandwich. I, I <laughs> was I was thinking a, a nice sort of tasty burger. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. Fries that sounds good. And a drink without ice in it because you know that when that swishes around, it can be very in, you know disruptive. But the Kahuna burger maybe. <gasps> now that is See, a tasty burger. Don't come here with your nerdy references. <laughs> of course, come here with your nerdy references. 
And yeah. I would say, though, like, regardless of that, you have watched Venom, which I'm very <laughs> pleased to hear. And I, you said <laughs> you enjoyed it. Um, so, the last, <laughs> so the last 20 minutes of the film, it, right, it is ultimately rubbish. Yes. It's a rubbish, <laughs> rubbish film, okay? And there's, there's moments in it where you can tell that Tom Hardy is really having to work hard against some sort of CGI nothing that isn't actually there. Uh, especially, <laughs> oh, that's harsh. That is harsh. I didn't think Riz Ahmed was so bad in the film. Yes, he he he's working against nothing. He is working against absolutely nothing because, because I have seen him in Nightcrawler. I've mm-hmm. seen him in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I've seen him in a TV series called The Night of, and he is brilliant in all three of those things. And he just had nothing to work with no, in this one. No Basically, he just had shady corporate boss villain yeah. um, I, I was so much more angry at it than I realised like before we recorded the podcast yeah. I thought no it was fine actually and then I started talking about it and I just got more and more angry yeah well. I think I think your anger towards the kissing scene in particular was I, I watched it and I was like is this is this yeah it was a bit rank but it, it, it was a bit what's, what's a worse kind of a bit scene? left field but what's a worse ki- I've got one Wow. Yeah, Planet I of the Apes, Tim Burton's version, yeah. is it where Matt Damon kisses the ape <laughs> romantically? <laughs> I declare that as racism, and I will cut it out of the podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> what racism. Um, racist against uh, you know, uh, you know, fake, fake, fake human, apes. you know, fake sized apes. apes. Yeah, fake, fake apes. apes fake apes need right. Fake apes need love too. So that's that's the worst than it. It was pretty awful. It was, uh, yeah, the, but I did quite enjoy the last sort of 20 minutes to half an hour of it, where it just was, where it went a bit bonkers, but I liked it. Okay. So yeah, there we go. Lovely. And we've, we've done the longest intro. Yeah, the long intro. So yeah, so uh, British films, best of British, British movies that perhaps haven't got as much of a, um, uh, sort of a shine and light on them as we would like for them to have and we will do an extended review of The Girl with All the Gifts as well because we've all seen it mm. and it's yeah for a change yeah. Uh, I've seen Venom now <laughs> and then again that hour and 50 minutes back actually it's probably a bit longer than an hour 50 wasn't well, it we've still got the Meg and Triple Frontier to go <laughs> and you never get that time back either let's move on with the show We're moving straight into our first feature now, which is all to do with Best of British. We've each selected a handful of British films that we feel deserve your attention if you haven't already seen it. And if you have seen it, go and see it again, because we are we have recommended it, and what we say <laughs> is great. So aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> go and enjoy it again, yeah. people. You, you better enjoy it. <laughs> Watch it enough times. Yeah, I'm shaking my fist at you right now. So... Before we get into this, <laughs> yeah. we need to determine what makes a British film. Whatever Google says it is. Yeah, I was no, going to say, whatever, whatever came up on the list. <laughs> absolutely not, right? And here's the reason being, right? Would you disguise... Disguise? disguise. Would, you, would you describe <laughs> Baby Driver as a British film? No. No. Why? I, know, I, know I agree. Wright still directs it. I agree. produced in America. Right. So, for me, not a British film. Yes. Shaun of the Dead... Yes. yes, it is a British film. Good. Okay. <laughs> a, I feel that's a feel British. Yeah. See, a, well, I don't that's, know. Like. That's an interesting one. Because for me, I would say 
the Harry Potter films are British films. I think they have a Britishness about them. Yeah. And I would say they are British mm. because British producers, yeah. well, mixture between British and American, but I would still describe them as a British film. I don't know. I feel like they need to feel like true British. Okay. No Americans involved. <laughs> so if we I need to okay. check that before. <laughs> so let's make clear definitions here, all right? So we've made a definition. Baby Driver, not a British not film. A we British love film. Edgar Wright. What a guy. Oh, man, Has made man. some some fantastic films over the last 20 years. But n Baby Driver is not a British film. Yeah. So we can automatically declassify that from the rest of our conversation. Are you going to be our judge for this? Yes. So if, if, if that's all right with you. Yeah, you can just veto. I will BFI the hell out of yeah. this, all right? Um, we may still argue with you, but that's if, you, fine. if you say it, if you yeah, bring it down. I will, yeah, I will veto it. Okay, cool. Uh, train Spotting, definitely a British yes. film. Yeah. Okay. That's what Google told me, so. <laughs> it's working out. It's the first one Google told me, actually. <laughs> okay. Right, so shall we crack on? Yeah. So, uh, Rob, let's start with you. Uh, talk about for you what what makes a quintessential British film, and what for you is one of your favourite British movies. Panton Two. Yes. Okay. That's it. That's all you need to say. We're done. It's so good. It's well, one of my favourite films. In fairness, sorry, I thought Panton Two came straight into my head because it's got that sort of British feel. You've got uh, wonderful British actors in there. You've got uh, the delightfulness of a bear. And it just makes you feel good. It makes you laugh in that quintessential British way, I suppose. But then, like you've already mentioned it, if anyone asks me what is my favourite film, it's Shaun the Dead. Mm. And I'm really conflicted now to think that actually I've got to choose between these two. The, but the thing with Shaun the Dead... Oh, I suppose it does still feel British, doesn't it? It is, because we've got a pub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, that is the entire story yeah. about them getting to a pub. I mean, shots at the bar. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm really conflicted with that, because Panton 2 feels like more of a British film. So if, if we're saying about that ultimate British film, I want to say Panton 2. But I love Shaun the Dead too much. I would say that the, the thing that closely binds those two films... Is humour. Oh. <laughs> don't, don't talk about Nick Frost that way. <laughs> that, that, that quintessential British humour that, that is yeah. the backbone of both films is what makes them very British movies, but also what makes them great British exports as yeah. well. You know, they're both films that have done very well overseas as well as within the UK. Yeah. Uh, I think so, it's sort of that idea, like in Shaun of the Dead, that if a zombie apocalypse happened over here, we probably would throw like a remote control and, <laughs> and use, use like records as weapons and stuff. Whereas you know, America is straight towards the guns, and mm. that's what makes it that that, that British feel. And and yeah. having um, Sean walk to the shops when the zombie apocalypse has has happened, and not realise anything's <laughs> different, <laughs> it's like it, it's that balance of humour. Yeah. I suppose Shaun the Dead would be the... I mean, that script is phenomenal in terms of how clever it is. And I think Shaun the Dead really catapulted this idea of Easter eggs within a film before it became okay. heavily popular where you could just type it in and find it all. Ooh. I have a question for you. Yeah. Who would you rather... Date. Who would you rather... <laughs> Nick Frost. Have it turned it all. <laughs> who, would you, who would you rather help you in a zombie apocalypse? What, Panton or... No, no. Right, okay, ready? Sorry. So, Sean. Yeah. Or Knuckles McGinty. Oh! Knuckles, Knuckles McGinty, McGinty in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Do you know what? That's blown my mind. <laughs> that is all I want now. I want those films to merge. Have or Panton 3 is the zombie, zombie apocalypse. apocalypse film. Is this our very first podcast mic drop? <laughs> I think so. Yes. I think that is... And it belongs to me. Oh, Knuckles McGinty with a bouguette. Oh, oh my God. A bouguette. <laughs> yeah. Or just, you know, jams of marmalade just or oranges, like just throwing just oranges at people. Just yeah. Like squeeze From them his, in his plane. <gasps> From his plane. <sighs> Who do we pitch this to? I think they're already making Panton 3. So we they should to... be making Panton 3. Well, they are. Yeah. Um, I don't know the same director though, but oh, they're continuing that's now. A shame. But yeah, okay. um, but yeah, they're, they're two. I suppose they're two of my my top ones, and I think you'll be hard pushed to beat them. Now, Shaun of the Dead is available on Netflix. Yes, and if you haven't seen Shaun of the Dead, oh, where have you been? Yes, uh, that is like for me. I if I if I had children, that would be one of their first cinema experiences. <laughs> well, you're five now. <laughs> <laughs> Parrot and Sean dead. <laughs> well, you've stopped drooling on your bib, so let's get you watching Sean of the Dead. It's a boy. Come yeah. on. <laughs> let's go. I want one of the first things you hear to be, would any of you mm, like a drink? There we go. Adam, over to you. Right. I knew you were going to go Parrot and Tim Sean of the Dead yeah, yeah, straight I know, away. I know, I know you would. I know so you I'll would. try to think of more obscure or maybe out-of-the-box ones. Are we already doing the good, the bad, and the bad? No, <laughs> this one, generally, this is my dad's favourite film, and he introduced it to me. Uh, it's The Long Good Friday. Yep. Bob Hoskins yep. and Helen Mirren. Mm-hmm. I think... I'm out. Never seen you it. You've seen it? Never seen it. You've seen it? Mm-hmm. I think it's fan- I just think it's one of the best British films ever. It's about was it like a London gangster comes back from holiday, yep. and this group... Have I don't know why I'm going, yep, because it's like, yes, well done, <laughs> Adam, you're doing right this, so far. Yeah, this excellent. group are targeting his gang, and he's basically trying to find out if it's someone within his gang or who it is. And it's just, from the opening scene, things with Pierce Brosnan, and it gets in this sort of crime sort of world. This was before he was James Bond. Yeah, right. I think it's 1980. Yeah. Um, but it is... Soundtrack as well. It's got the most underrated soundtrack. That's the soundtrack. thing that makes the film is the soundtrack. One of the most underrated soundtracks ever. Mm. I think Bob Hoskins gives one of the best performances apart from Super Mario Bros. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you must remember he did the Mario. He did the, he did the Mario. But it's one of the best performances, um, especially the when he's interrogating people in the butchers. It's I think is one of the best, most underrated. You never hear people talk about it usually. Like and you no, don't though. Never. <laughs> no, you don't, and it has, it has as a British film, it, it has been a little bit sort of lost in time, a little bit. I think from that sort excellent. of like 70s, 80s gangster, mm. British gangster films, like Get Caught as well. What for you makes it quintessentially British? It just has this overall feel of London shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I think it, Jay, I think it was the because as I said, there's a lot of films. There's a lot of like those films what, at the time. What, what shenanigans <laughs> happen in it? Ooh, so it's a gangster film and there's shenanigans. Those shenanigans. Do you mean like you'd saying like if someone blows someone's head off, that's a shenanigan? Oh, what a shenanigan! Oh, look at him. Look at him there. But that doesn't head. happen in Longer. Does it not? No, no one gets shot. I've not off. seen it. So that was just an there's example. A shootout at one point. Yeah, there is yeah, a shootout, shootout, but no one get, you don't see someone get their head yeah. But um, <laughs> from that like seventies and eighties gangster periods, so it's like get caught and all that. Yeah. I think this is the 
basically gets all the elements down perfectly. Because mm. I've always felt, thought Get Caught is slightly overrated. Yes, it is. Right? Especially, uh, it's better than the American one. I mean, it's loved up here because it's based up in yeah. the Northeast. But uh, it's better than the Sylvester Stallone version. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> That's because most films are better than <laughs> yeah. the Sylvester Stallone but, version. But uh, yeah, it basically takes all the elements that make a really good British crime film oh. and I think just... Get but it's that you've got the extra caveat like you've even said there British crime film it is surely a, we want something that just regardless of what genre it's in encapsulates there's no there's no doubt this is definitely a crime film yeah and it does I think it just represent the peak of that sort of style of film which is prominent for the time and but yeah it's not Paddington but <laughs> <laughs> it would be Panton Gone Wild. Panton Gone Wild. <laughs> That's uh, another crossover we want then. Him, him and Bob Hoskins, him and the gangster, <laughs> and zombies. Basically, just put Panton in every single film. <laughs> you it would make so much better. I want Panton as like a crime syndicate boss. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, like you know, like Prohibition in America. They got rid of alcohol. They get rid of like marmalade. Yeah. Right. So he has to have a <clears throat> black market marmalade. <laughs> No, but he wouldn't. And, he's, and he's, he's in the basement making marmalade and bath tubs. Yeah, and Knuckles is like, yeah. but for it to be panted, like he, he effectively does that when he goes to prison anyway. Like he gets yeah. all the people to follow him anyway. So Paddington goes wild he's already, again. <laughs> Paddington goes wild sounds Paddington like Paddington goes wilder. Pa- pa- Paddington goes wild sounds like a dirty movie. <laughs> well, we don't know yet. <laughs> Okay. Right, what have you got? Can I give mine? Okay. Yeah, go for it, so, for me, um, a quintessential British film, there has to be an element of, yeah, the humour thing is really, really important. Mm-hmm. There has to be an element of kind of like a, a grittiness to it. Like a certain aspect of kind of like a socio-realism to it. So for me, my quintessential British film, what for me is my favourite British film, is Dead Man's Shoes. Oh, now I've got that on. That's literally... First one. Really? Deadman, I, I don't think we could talk about this without talking about Shane Meadows. And, uh, Shane, Shane Meadows is uh, is up there with Edgar Wright as one of the best contemporary British directors. Definitely. In fact, one of the best directors in, in the world at the moment. I, I, he, The things that he is able to do and the stories that he's able to tell and the characters that he's able to create with, with his writers and his team is are just wonderful. And... Paddy Considine in Dead Man's Shoes is, is for me one of the best performances I've ever seen in a film ever. Now, if you've never seen Dead Man's Shoes, That's really good. Um, it's all to do with a former Marine um, who returns home um, to, his, to, his, to his village, to his town, yeah. um, and tries to seek vengeance on the, on the people that bullied his uh, younger um, brother. Yes. And he definitely seeks that. Um, and he he, see, he seeks that vengeance in the most non-furry way possible as well. Uh, sorry, that's a furry vengeance reference to Adam there. Um, there is a there is a scene that pretty much sets up the entire mood of the film when he is casually um, in a in a bar and he's staring down one of the guys that he's going to seek sweet vengeance on, um, and. This guy basically says to him, you know, what are you looking at? And and Paddy Constantine's response in that moment is so vitriolic and so 
uh, with so much sort of controlled rage, yeah, yeah. Um, but incredibly manipulative of the yeah. situation as well. Uh, it's it's an outstanding film. The, the funny thing with that film is that so first Shane Meadows film I saw was This Is England. That was great. Obviously, that what was a great a, introduction to Shane Meadows. Film so that's my idea. And then I think I watched. Is it a Room for Romeo Brass? Yeah, I think is one. So I got sort of an idea of the sort of things he did. And then when I watched Dead Man's Shoes, it's like you say, you've got that idea of um, this, 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 the feel of it is very much like you. it's not a film, it's just you watching real life happening. So then for the things to happen in Dead Man's Shoes as they do yeah. was, was really quite amazing and quite a powerful, powerful film. I completely agree with you. It, it, for me, uh, I, I, I love it. And, I, and it has so much... Uh, rewatchability to it, if that's even a word. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say it. I don't know though. Like, I have you seen Dead Man's Shoes? No, I mean, I've like, seen it. There's right, something else to add it. to your list. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I just kind of, I kind of want the best of British to be that feel-good sort of. Oh, you're writing notes. No, no. Like I've said something. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. Carry on. Are you adding me to your hate list? <laughs> no, it's, it's, I think what it, I wanted to have that humor, that sort of feel. Good nature. But I think a lot of Britishness it. is mm. kind of misery. Like just like yeah, but that's when you get it. But it's, like, it's not. It's not so much misery. No, I not think, misery. I think, but like, I think Brit- British films are are excellent at exploring those sort of non-binaries. Mm-hmm. British films are excellent at exploring those grey areas. Yeah. You know, Shaun of the Dead has elements of grey area to it. You know. Dead Man's Shoes, another film that I wrote down in relation to Dead Man's Shoes, another film called Kill List. Um, oh, yeah. With, uh, with Ben Wheatley's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was his second film. Um, and Was that his second one? I thought that was what kicked it all off, because that's when I first it was. I think it was his second film, because I think his first film was something called Sunset, something, Southview Terrace right, or something okay. like that. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and, and again, that real sort of gritty crime thriller um, Kill List, obviously. I was going to say, is that what Kill List it is? It kind of goes into horror in some aspects of, as well. So, if anyway. You, another um, one, if you've never seen Kill List, that's, yeah. that's an experience, yeah. I'd say. I'll get that on the list. Yeah. But yeah. That's not a popcorn film. No, I can tell you that not. right now. Neither of them are. But yeah. I'll switch the microwave off then. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would definitely say that Dead Man's Shoes is, should be in that quintessential British film playlist. Nice. Adam, back over to you. Oh no, sorry, Rob. Over, no, back over to fine. you. Yeah. Well, what are the ones? Well, I wrote down Hot Fuzz, obviously, because okay. it's linked through into Cornetto trilogy. Yeah, I think Hot Fuzz is technically a better film than Shaun the Dead. Ooh. Yeah, but I watched I'll Shaun the Dead first, so that's that's always got that sort of that link with me. I can never decide though because I'd, I've watched Shaun the Dead. After so flip between times. the two, flip flop, flip <laughs> flop. <laughs> I don't think as a if you are even I'm going to promote watching uh, older certificate films to younger people now but if you are 13 slash 14 years or older Mm. and you haven't watched Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz yet then you're not a film goer. You're not a film watcher. And you've never seen <laughs> ITV2. Exactly. <laughs> I see that. Both of those films are it's always on ITV2. Not at the moment though because there's so much Love Island yeah. to watch. Uh, you know. I didn't even want don't to mention mock, it. Don't, don't, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Don't mock Love <laughs> Island. All right? It's, not, oh, it's really? not a guilty pleasure. Tommy and Curtis forever. Oh no. But that's not guilty. You're not going to get locked up for it. It is a guilty pleasure. No. And you shouldn't be locked up for it. <laughs> no. I make, I, make, I make no apologies for it. 
Anyway, enough of that. Yeah. Um, so Hoppers is <laughs> yes. obviously another one there. I've wrote down a film, I can't remember who directs it, but it's a film called Tyrannosaur. So Olivia Coleman is in this film. Paddy Considine directed that Did film. Did he? Well, yes. yeah. Well, can we have Tyrannosaur? Because you it's could definitely have Tyrannosaur. That's yeah. the film Olivia Coleman should have won oh, an Oscar for. Oh my goodness. Like, I'd only seen her in Peep Show. Yeah. And then watch the film Tyrannosaur, and the puff, that's when you really knew she was something special. Because yeah. the performance she gives... Um, is unbelievable. Yeah, that, that really is one film that you know you get they they hang with you, they stay with you for quite a while. Yeah, and Tyrannosaur is definitely one of those. Tyrannosaur is um, an excellent film. What was it? Hard going. Though. Oh yes, oh yeah. Really hard watching. Again, not a popcorn. Film. Keep your microwave <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll come to the popcorn British films in a moment. What would be the Twenty Eight Days Later? Obviously, comes. Yeah. In there, I'd put that in there. Which would be what you put Danny Boyle. Then. Uh, I see. You probably got the full Monty. That like was that. one. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> okay, yeah. I have a film uh-huh. that I think is British, and it's one of I I really really like this film. It's a film called Eastern Promises. Yes, with uh, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, Cronenberg. Yeah. Yes. yes. Now it is an American director, yes. and yes, the, you're the judge. It's an American actor. Brit- you make the rules and you break the rules. <laughs> set, set in, but it's set in Britain. It's it's a British production company because mm. it's film four, I believe, or Studio Canal. So it might be French. Oh, I don't know. It's <laughs> American I, French. I know. I'm it's really, getting closer. Really, but the that. whole thing is based in London. <laughs> it feels. It's got. It does have some sort of British sensibilities oh, to it. I'm not happy with that. No. no. Okay, that's that's fair. Great film though. Great scrap, film. Not scouting it from there. Okay, here we go. Popcorn British film. Wallace and Gromit: The Curse of the Were Rabbit. Right, yeah. Whack it that's down. the best one. That's the best that, one. That's the best we one. decide, and that's it. That's I've got one here. That for, that for me is in my top three. Yeah. It is British a good film. Films. It's just crammed with just references, yeah. left, right, and centre, and like, it's got so much rewatchability. Rewatch, yeah. We'll go yeah, with that. That's film. the new word. Of yeah, podcast. rewatchability. rewatchability. Yeah. What, what are you going to try and trump it with? Uh, I don't feel trumpet. It's just we're talking about Riz Ahmed. Yeah. yeah. I was talking about like sort of like dark humour. Mm-hmm. And I went for Four Lions. Yeah. Always wanted to watch it. Is it Chris Morris who Yeah, it is Chris Morris. I always wanted to watch it and I don't know why. I never have. It's on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. It's so good. It's like very dark subject, Uh but absolutely hilarious at the same time. Like the way presents it's really there's there's some really tender moments in that film there is really tender moments um especially when riz ahmed's character near towards the end of the film oh, is on the phone to his wife mm-hmm. oh, uh, no he's not on the phone to his wife he's on the phone to his uh, secretary oh no he's on the phone to his yeah. wife um talking about their child and Spoilers. but yeah it is crammed with, with so many so much good humor it's very it funny i think it's because I, I know it's I'm gonna find it really funny because I, I used to, I love Brass Eye. And you should, um, yeah. It's yeah. I don't want to watch it by myself. It just feels sad, so I'm trying to find someone. No, to... no, you should watch it. You should just, just watch myself. it. Don't will have I still laugh? You yeah, will. Oh, yes. you definitely there's, will. Yeah. Like, okay. There's too many scenes like just the name in like this because every right, okay. big bit has new uh, co- things that shouldn't be really funny. Like guy going to buy bomb equipment <laughs> is made in this hilarious like. Rants and how he goes in. Yeah, and how and how they practice and how they practice. being set off as well. And when they do the videos to like you know the propaganda videos, he just says, "Oh, big hands." <laughs> right, you got you got me on that. That was. Uh... It's very it's it's very good. Um, 
and it's it's done it's it's done the the satire in it is absolutely spot on yeah i'd expect it and it's done it's done in a way that it yes the the characters are lampooned Mm. but they are also treat like human beings as well and i think it, it it's it's actually the one of the first films that me and Mrs. Day went to go and see. Oh. Uh, the very first film that we went to go and see together in what the cinema film? was The Road. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Ashley turned to me about halfway through and went, You don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew she loved me because she stuck around for the entire film and didn't dump me at the end of the film. But yeah, she, should, she could have said that and I would have... I would have happily accepted that. Yeah, no, that's fine. I understand. I've, I've, I've taken you to a film that's absolutely your, uh, you know, no, it's, it's not an awful film, but she turned to me and she went, Aaron, this is horrendous. <laughs> so there we go. Um, oh, that's, that's, I, mine was uh, Benjamin Button. That's the first oh, film we watched together. Starts much, off really well, much, finishes much weird. Choice. Yeah. yeah. I can't really see anything comes out. Do you, do you have any others before I chuck a couple more in? Um, not Monty really. Python's. Like Monty Python's lads. Holy Grail. Yeah. You like, said Train Spotting earlier. Yeah. Which I like. Got some more out. Uh, uh, the Descent. Oh, Neil, yes. Neil Why Marshall. have I not put that on my list? Of course, Fantastic The Descent. Fantastic film. Yeah. That definitely goes on. I, I would say that's, that, that's not just one of my best favourite British oh, films, it's just one of my favourite horror, horror films. films. Yeah. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely, like, like petrifying that film. I like the James Bonds. Yeah. <laughs> Skyfall's the best one. Um, okay, <laughs> I, would, I would like to add a couple more just before Go we finish off. So, uh, 71. Um, Sequel to 70? No, about, <laughs> about the British soldier in amongst the troubles. Now, do you know what is? When we watched this film, uh, I was trying to sort of pitch it to, to Ashley. You've got to, haven't you? You've got yeah, to the appropriate no, After the I really want to watch a film called 71, and I said to her, it's about a British soldier who gets who gets caught sort of behind enemy lines, so to speak, um, during the problems. Uh, and it's not the problems, it's the troubles, isn't it? So, <laughs> she went, do you mean the troubles? I was like, yes. She laughed her head off and she went, now... Now that I've made fun of you, we're now going to watch it. So. Is that how it works? Is that yeah? <laughs> I take the mic out ridicule, myself. Ridicule you. That's it. Exactly. And then, uh, you can watch the film. Can't watch so, a film without being ridiculed before. <laughs> Seventy-one. Uh, Mike Lee's film *Secrets and Lies*, which is excellent. Um, in terms of right, these, you're rambling through these because we'll have no idea yeah, about any exactly. of these films. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. So the rest of these films can all be found on Netflix, and if you haven't watched them, I recommend them. That's Under it. the Shadow was one of my 30-second recommendations yes. from yeah. a few weeks yeah, ago. Uh, you've now seen that. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about it, Rob? Oh, fantastic! It, it, very reminiscent of how I felt with the Babadook. Yeah. It, it, it follows you. One. It, it follows. You. One character really. Yeah. It's, it's everything that factors out in it. You, you know, is it psychological is horror? It what's actually going on there? And it, it deals very much with various uh, issues and uh, around it. Fantastic film. Definitely watch it. Four weddings and a funeral. Never heard of it. Well, yeah, I heard of it. I'm joking. Of <laughs> I just never heard of it. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yep, and then <laughs> and then finally, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. What have you abbreviated to? TTSS. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's well. I suppose you've got Lock, Stock, and Snatch. Right. Okay. So we can. So uh, shall we vote for someone else's 
best British film. Yeah, right, I'm going to put you've mine got, out. You've got plenty. I've got, I've, my, right, my top three are... Top three. Dead, my top three are Dead Man's Shoes, uh, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, and uh, uh, 71. Okay, my top one's Paddington 2. Yep. Shaun of the Dead. Yep. Uh, I'll put the, the Descent in there. Okay. Um, Long Good Friday. No, no, offers. <laughs> Long Good Friday. Um, Four Lions. Can I have a Paddington 2 in mine as well? Yeah, of course you can, because okay. then I can vote for it. Yeah. <laughs> I have to put it in because it's so good. Okay, if you had kept the descent in there on your list, Rob, uh-huh. I would have voted for the descent okay. on your part. But what, what else have you got Pantin in there? Paddington 2, Sean the Dead and Hoffers. And what have you got in yours, Adam? Paddington um, 2, Sean the Dead and Hoffers. <laughs> Paddington 2, Long Good Friday and Four Lions. Right, I'm, I'm going to vote for Four Lions. And the reason being is because I've, I've never seen a film like that before and I've never seen a film like that since. Okay. So four lines. Are you ready to do this nice and easy? For you, I vote for Panton Two. For me, you vote for. I thought Curse of the Well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. So, so our. And none of them win. <laughs> our you do this every time. You ruin it. So, ladies and gents, for you, our top three British films are Curse of the Were Rabbit, Paddington Two. And four lions. Amazing. Very good. That's a good weekend. (laughs) And we didn't argue once. No, not at all. Okay, so for our review, we've all watched the film The Girl of All the Gifts. And if you've never seen this film before, as well, actually, not as always, because with the reviews, it's not the case. But I would definitely recommend it. Would you two recommend it? Yes. Yeah? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, so are, we, are we going straight off the bat by saying that this is a universal recommendation by all three of us? Yes, I think so. Definitely. Okay. Does that's that it. That's the review that's done. That's the review. <laughs> <laughs> Come back next week. <laughs> so what, it's for the story, you have uh, Melanie, who is a second generation Hungry. And the Hungries are like a take on uh, zombies, effectively. But it's using... Let's try and get this right. Ophiocordyceps unilateralis, which is the same as it is well, in... Good work. Yeah, it's in the same as in uh, The Last of Us. The fantastic video game used the same thing. So this is a real parasite um, within ants. Um, that they this imagine, is fungus, isn't it? Fungus, that's mm-hmm. the one, which they imagine if it affected people. Um, so you have where Melanie is, is in this, this school to be sort of studied as to why they're slightly different to the first-generation Hungries. And... I think that's all you need to know to get you get you going. Um, I I think that the the film sets it up perfectly in the sense that you go straight into an enigma, a mystery. Yes. What is this world? Love films like that. What is this world? Why are we in this world? Why is this perfectly lovely girl who's really polite to everybody who says yes. good morning to all the soldiers? Yeah. Things. Why is it that she? Is being treated like Hannibal Lecter. Being re- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why is she? Why is she being treated like a serial killer um, who could sort of snap at any moment? And pretty much within the first fifteen minutes of the film, you start to kind of understand why. And I going into this film, I chose not to know too much about it, other than that it had um, zombie style sort of flicks to it um, 
And I, 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 I was, I was really impressed with this film. Mm-hmm. Really, really impressed. Um, Gemma Arterton is one of my favourite things about the film as well because I think she's. Is uh, she Helen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you've got Glenn Close. Yeah, and Miss, Miss Justin yeah. Um She, she for me makes the film because she is that very tender connection between between Melanie the girl and her understanding of the world. You know, and, and Gemma Arterton's character is that mediator for her. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I've got a slight caveat with this film because I didn't have that same experience because okay. I read the book beforehand, yeah. which I absolutely loved. So then knowing that there was a film made of it, I was, I was very excited to see what they did with it. Um, so, But it's what I love in terms of films where you are thrown into something mm. and you know that they've, they've figured out what's going on and it's not until afterwards that you'll realise all these different points, that sort of mystery box, I suppose, idea yeah. that I love. But obviously I knew what was going on. So mm. it was then fun to see how it had been interpreted. I'd say for the most part, a lot of it was how I'd kind of imagined it when reading the book. Right. Because when it, when it comes to a film with a book, it then cements that sort of idea. Like, I don't think I could go back to reading Harry Potter and not see Daniel Radcliffe. As Harry Potter. As Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> so I was very impressed with that. I think they did a very good job. Um, however, I do prefer the book. Um, That's fair enough. Most people do when it comes to What reason? Book the reason is it's the third act within the film, I feel, lets it down. I yep. don't know how you we guys feel We were talking earlier, about this. and... Mm. You asked me how do you think it was. I went. I thought it was good, but the ending, mm. I think, let it down. I think this is one of the first times that we have we're pretty much synchronized <laughs> yeah, no. in terms of our experience of of the film. I wasn't sure if I had an inflated opinion of it because when I first watched it, because my ma she watches all she watches as films as horror films. But once you get past five on Netflix, the rest are terrible. <laughs> right? It's true. After, so you're, I'm watching every like film I watch. It's a terrible horror film with jump scares and all that. And when I got this one, I was like, will it be the same? Yeah. And it was vastly superior to them. Yeah. And I was thinking, have I just got an inflated opinion because the rest have been terrible? No, I think... But no, it was really good. But it did... I always felt like the end, it was... Fell flat. Mm-hmm. Um, we, are we going to go hard. into spoilers and talk about the actual... I, oh, it's hard because I, I would like to try and keep it spoiler free. Can we maybe spoil it right at the end? Because there just is one difference which I think explains sort of my well, frustration. If we're going to spoil the end, then we might as well spoil the entire film. Yeah. But no, I mean at the end of our conversation. Oh, at the yeah. end of the conversation. <laughs> right. Gotcha. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, not yeah. spoil the beginning, but the end. <laughs> <laughs> the very end. <laughs> Basically, we're just going to read out the last sentence. There's of credits the book. at the end. Yeah. Ooh. yeah, go on. I don't know what I was saying now. Okay. So, can I go into what my issue was with the end? Because then, it... without spoiling. Oh god, without spoiling. Do you want to talk a bit more before you spoil? Yeah. I okay. Here we go. Let's try this. Some of the uh, manner in which people end the film. Mm-hmm were a little half-baked. Yes. Um, and the the manner in which one particular conversation that went on between two characters near towards the end of the film... Did a very good job. ...was also half-baked. Yes. It didn't go... It needed to go deeper into their respective understandings of their respective worlds in order to make it feel more grounded and why one of the key characters made a decision that they made. Yes. 
Um, however, so Colin McCarthy is the director. He, I, th- I think he did a great job in creating this apocalyptic world. Hmm. Um, I've never seen London look that way before. And I was utterly immersed within that world. Obviously, you can tell that a lot of it is, you know, CGI. You know, a lot of it is, you know, sort of, Graphic, you know, that sort of stuff, but I, I it convinced me enough because I was already immersed within the characters and the setting yeah. and the, the intensity of it. That you know, when you see these vines creeping up the sides of like the Gherkin and, and the BT Tower and stuff, it was great to see a, a, a location that I'm very, very familiar with be sort of sort of turned on its head mm. it, it, I think it lent on 28 days later a little bit in regards to that I aspect think s- of things slightly but what I was really happy but with but it gave it gave it enough to make it different well, if you think in terms of the Hungries as well themselves mm. um, it, it really felt like he had a love for the book as well yeah uh, that it, it's a different dynamic because if yeah. you think in 28 days later they're always just running at you yeah and it does the, the opposite thing of keeping it very still um, and that creates the tension uh, mm. of coming through rather than the sudden onslaught. So I thought that was very good. I, I would say as well, at the beginning with uh, what happens uh, to really kick things off was done incredibly well and gave the same impact as it does in the book because it, it kind of catches you off guard. You're not really expecting them to, to do that yeah. all of a sudden. There, there's You're a... thinking there's more story to be told before that something like that would happen. There's, there's two shots that really make it for me. Uh, so the first shot is that the shot in the in the lab when the invasion of the Hungries yes, at the army are. base yeah. begins. That's so that's a, that's a cracking little shot. That's yeah. really good. The second uh-huh. is uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a great shot. Wasn't so it? yeah. Uh, uh, so um, the, the the second shot. How can I describe this without spoiling the film? Okay. I don't think you can. <laughs> it's, t- it's hard going. Uh, right. Let's move on. Okay, I'll try and, I'll try and construct it in my head in terms of how I can describe it. Um, the, 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 yeah. What else do we want to say before we get into spoilers? I'm so desperate to get into spoiler territory. Let's just get the spoilers. Right. So what we'll, <laughs> just go what we'll do now, let's, 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 let's put a spoiler warning, warning in place now. Okay, so for the last couple of minutes... Basically, what we'll do is we'll, we'll finish off what we usually do with reviews by saying, would we say that this film will be deemed a classic in 15 years' time? I think that's a very difficult question because whilst I think that the film is very good, mm-hmm. it's very, very good, it, it, doesn't, um, it doesn't scream classic. No. It's, it's kind of an unfortunately not. Yes. Like it's, you'd love it to be. I think mm. if the if the third act was potentially stronger, mm. it'd have more of a fighting chance. But even then, I don't know whether it would have that, that within to be deemed. A, I don't think a, a strong an audience. I don't yeah, think it will ever get that strong. It did, it did have good critical praise, though. Yeah, but I yeah. just can't see in fifteen years' time remembering it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It. Yeah, and I think that is largely because it is within a genre that is very saturated. I mean, they did new interesting stuff with it. They which, absolutely did. Which 
I don't know why it is about it. I don't think it will be a classic, but I can't think why. I think possibly third act, and possibly just because I don't remember it much now, so I don't think I'll remember it much then. Mm. He's very, very underrated, very under the radar. Yes. I think if you if you mention it to a lot of people, they have no idea this film came out. Or that it existed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those beautiful little gems that if you, you know, if you didn't know about it and you just, like you said, just stuck it on, yeah. you'd be so delighted with it. It's um, harks back to the days where you could just go clicking through your TV channels and end up watching a random film yeah, in the middle it, of the night and not know what film this was. Yeah, it, does have, do that, it. it does have no, that No, but you've vibe. got all the information now. You can't do it the same it's, way. Like, you literally have no idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it being a lot of people's unexpected surprises. Yeah. I think it's a film that will grow a cult status over the years. Yeah. As more and more people watch it, more and more, it will grow through a word of mouth. Yeah, hopefully. Right, let's spoil the <laughs> heck out of it then, all right? What was your problems? Right, my issue is, right, within that third act, and you might have to help me because this was a, a, a while back, Yeah. you have um, Glenn Close's character, um, Caroline Caldwell, yeah. and Dr. she Caldwell. Yeah. wants to dissect Melanie to create a vaccine. Effectively to, to create a pathogen, yeah. And that is, that is kept like it because then she gets killed by the feral children. Yes, yeah. that was going to be my other thing I was going to talk about. Well, my other second favorite shot was uh, the, the the feral the introduction of the feral children um, to uh, Kieran the soldier. Yes. in the in the yeah. In well, the that, that is a, shop. that is amazing scene. Yeah. And do you know what the funny thing is? Is all the I hate doing this when it comes to the books, but all the moments that happen in the book get recreated in the film. Mm. when they do sorry it, it's they're, they're the amazing standouts but like Coldwell doesn't die like that no. and actually it's a completely flipped paradigm I'll, I'll spoil The Last of Us as well here so the end of that game you have this very much idea of if you were to kill one person to save humanity like what the, what the issues there and within the book it's the fact that there is no vaccine they can't be made and Coldwell comes to this realisation and she dies in, in a much more um, kind of sense or it's just more complex than it being more of a villain to then go off and get killed yeah. um, you have um, Eddie Parks who's the sergeant uh, Paddy Considine played by Paddy Considine character yeah. I mean fantastic casting I would yeah. say like across the board um, but he has a much more I think you do get this in the film with him sort of talking about what's what's going on mm. um, but it's him to set fire to the to the sport to release it so he comes to a realisation that like it's the same thing you have in the film of that this needs to be the next step like humanity is no longer going to be a thing and it's going to be so he, so in the book he's the one that sets fire he gets, to the he spores. gets bitten by um, uh, one of the hungries yeah. and they sit down on a bench and Melanie has this conversation with him and then he, he uses his flamethrower um, to set off the spores and then they have a conversation about what that means going on and he comes to he's, he's at peace with them about that's what's happening and you get the same thing at the end in terms of Helen coming out and then teaching the uh, the feral children oh so that, uh, yeah. that does say quite that's painful, the same thing I, so Helen's, not read the book. Helen's saved within uh, the Rosalind Franklin and that's then the teaching there and, mm. but as well what I'd say definitely the book is do you know you get some books where they are just thrillers and they're almost like watching a film where you're just going through it the book is and there's a is it a sequel it's kind of a pre-sequel sort of thing uh, called The Boy on the Bridge which takes the story of the Rosalind Franklin, like why it's there, what the uh, expedition was, and ties it all together, which is really nice as well. Yeah. Um, so it was just those those little things, and 
I'm not usually like, you know, when you get when you watch something and it's like, oh, that didn't happen in the book. Oh, that's ridiculous. Change it through. And but I just that those moments stood out so strongly in the book. I, I was kind of unsure why they decided to change them because mm. it, it's more in terms of. Do you, you think know, they? Do you think it was? Uh, there's always an issue with films in terms of condensing the key elements of a book into a into a digestible running time. Yeah, and I think that's probably the case with the goal for the gifts. It's, yeah. it's the film is an hour and fifty minutes long, um, and. It, it, at no point, other than those, those final sort of fifteen to twenty minutes, at no point did it feel like the film was, uh, you know, trimming the fat. Yeah. Everything felt crucial. Everything felt critical in the film. Um, but it's like it gets those critical points, and yeah. I, I, I feel like there wasn't. It's not even like editing out. Like a Harry Potter book is massive. You got to take all these elements out and, and do that condensed story. Yeah. Actually, the, the book itself is kind of a condensed story taken through. Yeah. And it's more just gives much more satisfying uh, character ends to these characters that I was, yeah. that I was hoping for. Uh, I liked the fact yeah. that Melanie eats cats but rescues dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I like that. Because <laughs> I, I blinking dislike cats. You were like, yes. And I was like, oh, she's eating a cat. And then, <laughs> and then when she then saw the dog in in the abandoned so she house, used the dog is bait though. Well, like she that, no, well she she carried the, she carries the dog, yeah, and then the dog then runs away, and yeah, she does effectively use the dog as, <laughs> as runaway. Better or worse? No, no, she does then use the dog effectively as runaway bait, so that she can clear the hungry slash zombies away to help the others escape, but. I like the fact that she didn't eat the dog. If she would have, eaten, <laughs> if she would have eaten the dog, I would have turned the film off at that point, and would I would you? have gone, "No, nah, you're you that passionate, Melanie. About that? You've taken it too far. I'm no longer <laughs> indulging in your adventures." She's like chewing on for eat more cats. Yeah, I look. If, <laughs> oh, <laughs> she could have eaten fifty cats in that film. In, if she chosen to eat, like a film about eating cats. If she. <laughs> If she, if she had chosen to even eat like the tail of a dog, I I would have. Does that go with any film? If a dog gets eaten, you're out. Well, first fifty minutes of Jaws. Do you know what it is? Went, nope, nope, not for like me. you know. You know how I was mentioning the road earlier mm. on. I mean, there's a scene in there where it, there's clear evidence that a baby's been eaten, mm. and that's obviously horrendous and it's it's gross and it's very grotesque and you know shows <laughs> how that and ran with it. And you shows that first dish. <laughs> Shows shows that you know it is a very grim world that they're living in. Uh, but if a dog had been eaten in the road again, I would have walked out. That's horrendous. <laughs> that's a that's a joke. That's a joke. Okay, but I'm not sure it is. With the look of your eyes, it really is a joke. Would have ruined the day. All I'm trying to say is that dogs are better than children. Okay, right, okay so, no, I'm I'm obviously kidding. But they dogs are better than cats. But dogs are definitely better than cats. Lovely. What about like a video game where you play the characters eating cats? That's horrendous. <laughs> what are you talking about? Would you be up for it? <laughs> what, do not to make play, that. What, do to not play a video, you, we kind of we're, we're divulging stop, something like, else into. Yeah. <laughs> Just stop. Okay, so um, yeah, I I can't remember the actress's name who plays Melanie. I apologise, but she's. Excellent. Yeah, uh, I want to say Sin Sinua Sinia Sinia Uh She's excellent. Joe Arnson's excellent. Glenn Close can't do any wrong in anything no. that she does. No. Uh, the, the the Cole McCarthy created a fantastic world. Mm-hmm. Um, 
obviously very faithful to the book. Um, I I found the whole thing very immersive. Yeah. Yes. I'd agree. Go and watch it. Let's all high five for the girl with all the gifts. Uh-uh. <laughs> We've just established that Rob cannot do high fives. Can't multitask. <laughs> And now it's time for... The good. The bad. And, and the, the Balron. What have you got for us this week, Adam? I was conflicted with this film. Uh-oh. Right, because I looked up its review scores yeah. on Metacritic and Rotten Tomato, and I had about a 30-33% on both. <sighs> but the user scores were 8.3 and 81. Right. So I was confused with put, but I thought I will... I wonder if you've seen got your opinion. It's uh, the butterfly effect. Okay. <gasps> yeah. Now. Ashton Kutcher. Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. Which version? Which version? <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I originally saw the theatrical cut, I believe, okay. and then I bought the special edition hearing about <laughs> the new ending. Yes. Anyway, yeah, go for it. Um, okay. Uh, so... I'm going to make a confession. Yeah. I've never seen the butterfly, never effect. Seen the butterfly effect. I know of it. I know the concept of it. I know that it involves time traveling. I'm going to join Bowron in this. It's excellent. Okay. I think it's excellent. Wow. I love okay. the butterfly okay. effect. Yeah. I up, love you know. it. Yeah. Right? Um, so yeah. The premise is this: uh, Ashton Kutcher plays a guy who has memory. I forget, he has blanks in his memory yeah. from his childhood, and he's a doctor. Basically, says try writing a diary to help you remember. So he does that, and when he's in his 20s, an event happens, and he decides to go back and read through all his diaries, which then transports him back to his moments, which he forgot. Yeah. And it allows him to interact with what's happening and affects what uh, occurs in the future. Yeah. And he's keep trying to get the perfect scenario yeah. where he can be with, this, with his love interest, but every time... Even when it seems going well, it always results in a bad future. That's what keep going back. Who plays the love interest? Who does play the love interest? Um, you talk about it and I'll look it up. I right. I think in terms of with this film, is it is that concept I sort of love. So when, I, I think I watched this probably, it came out quite a while ago. I was probably quite young when I watched it. And anything to do with time travel with me, I think is awesome. So I think if I watched it back does now... Does that include the time traveller's wife? Yes, no, actually, no, because, again, that's another one. I read the book before I saw the film, and the book is so much better, and the film really annoyed me. Amy Smart, by the way. Amy Thank Smart. You. She was in Road Trip. Yes. Yeah, so okay. you can tell the calibre of <laughs> actors in this film. And she was also in Crank, I believe, was with, with yes, Jason yes, Statham. Again, played the love yeah. interest. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, like, I was confused why I should put this on, because it has great audience. But the critics absolutely slay it. But I think it is... I don't know whether it's but one of those... don't forget they did that with The Greatest Showman. Yeah. Yeah, but it's... it's I, mm. I know that I can be a bit of a movie snob sometimes and I will pick films based on what sort of the resounding sort of critic consensus was. But I... Sometimes critics are wrong. But you see, because I think... It's the consensus on uh, Rotten I can't believe I'm actually defending you. I've not even seen it. <laughs> is, uh, the premise is intriguing, but it's placed in the service of... Um, overwrought and tasteless thriller which I don't think it is I think it's got quite a lot of stuff going on with it so what parts of the film could perhaps without spoiling too much for me because I, I might go and catch this one what what is it about the film that could be deemed as tasteless 
the, the special edition ending. Yeah, but that wouldn't be the one they're. The no, that would have been the one of reviews, but I would just say that is a if bit you go, out there. If you go to find a version, try and find the theatrical cut. I'd, I'd say with the other cut, you'll have it on numerous like uh, YouTube videos where they do yeah. outrageous. Actually, it's quite to hard to find the theatrical version. Yeah. Now, usually, if you go in there, you have to buy a special edition, but it just goes jumps the shark quite completely. Completely, I, I think it'd probably be with it that there's a really good concept there. It maybe if you put in different actors to it and it was it was done a little bit different it would then maybe elevate it more but I think it's just one of those it's just a fun film to yeah. watch because he is going back and then affecting I think it's other things interesting it's, it's how that certain events you, you can obviously see how this event may affect that but how those events around have changed like how characters have changed not just himself yeah. but other side characters have changed because he is made a different decision do they not have initially where it fills in those blanks and you then explains why the characters were were like that to him in, in various yeah. see that's the thing with it I, I think I have watched this quite a few times when I was young but I think I was, there's, there's multiple caveats to it yeah it's been more interesting okay sorry uh, no no it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine um, so why should I watch this film I think it is a very it's not really a different look at time travel, but I think it's quite an interesting one of cause and effect. Mm. And I think that, you know what? For thing, I think it's very well thought out, the causes and effects. Yeah. Um, Ashton Kutcher's not that bad. He's not really. a very... Does I think he... he gets too much flack anyway. Like, I think he did a lot afterwards, which kind of then tarnished. Yeah, I think it was what he did oh, after. God, he did Steve Jobs, didn't he? Yeah. Did that film. I think, well, I think they're just called Jobs or Steve. Steve. <laughs> Steve. Because, because Michael, yeah, because Michael Fassbender Michael did, did well. Steve Jobs film like, as well, don't you? Steve, where's my car? Does he at any point in his memories or blank memories uh, prank celebrities? Unfortunately, not. Unfortunately, uh, not so there, there, is a, there is a prank anyway. that goes wrong. Yes, there, there is, is, isn't there? Yeah. Okay, and, so you um, have that one. But I think it's very. Yeah, it's quite. A f- I think it's a fun watch. I think it's not light-hearted, it's, but it's. I mean, it's not life-changing or anything like that. But I'd say it's it's quite an easy watch. It's an easy watch. I think I've watched the sequels. I've heard there. You've to be, watched the. Sequel. I haven't watched oh, them. Okay. There's heard, sequels. Yeah, there's yeah. a trilogy. Oh, what? I've heard. I've heard the second one's meant to be dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be on next um, week on the good, the bad, but, the bad um, run. <laughs> the third one, from the looks of things, isn't meant to be too bad. Which I've always been interested in watching. How will they get more I can, from it? I can imagine Adam now. <laughs> Films to watch this weekend. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to watch Curse of the Were-Rabbit, Paddington 2, Four Lions, but first, <laughs> Butterfly Effect 2. Well, quite curious this of, time it's even more personal. I'm quite curious of how they do go ahead with that, but I think it shouldn't have been. Um, but definitely hunt down a theatrical cut. Because yeah. that is got such a like, bittersweet ending to it and it's really the only way it could have ended so really you're only in this whole feature of yours mm-hmm. for today you're only actually trying to convince me to watch it yeah, yeah already because seen you've it. already oh, seen yeah. it Rob you really yeah, it's a fair play I was at uh, my thought I put on here because I think there is a I think the critics I don't know what they were looking for no but it's true what you said but I think you even find that in 
in some people and yeah. it, it feels like of the time loads of people were talking about the film like, yeah. um, and as time's gone on if you'd mentioned it it's got a different sort of slant of it even now um, but I'd say it's definitely it's yeah it's fun to watch it's always my, my thing with it is always I worry that because I watched it when I was quite young I'd watch it again now and be like oh my goodness this is <laughs> terrible this um, has not <laughs> no, do you know what I mean but I hope it's not the case like so, so like I mean, uh, Rush Hour, oh god, that aged terrible. Oh, the Rush Hour has oh, aged. Rush terrible. Hour has <laughs> aged. Rush Hour Two, like oh, Rush Hour has now. aged so badly. Mm-hmm. Like some of those jokes now are so out of date yeah. and out of trend and out of time. Yeah. Um, that they just they just don't. So I, I hope it's not the case with the butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, I'm just putting a list together of my weekend watching. It's very Avengers. So, um, <laughs> very Triple Frontier. But, butterfly Effect, yes. for me. Birdemic. Birdemic. And Fairy Vengeance. <laughs> for, for Please don't week. watch Birdemic. <laughs> Please don't. I just want to know the man in the tree. Like, I wanna, <laughs> not know him. <laughs> not on his door. Well, he hasn't got a door, he's in a tree. Not, not on his tree, then? Not on the bark. I'm going to let these guys just carry on. <laughs> So we have just established that, uh, before we end this podcast, that uh, Rob has never seen Why? any of the Rocky films. <laughs> Why would you You've do that? never seen any of the Rocky films. I've seen films. half of the first one. Do you know what it is, right? I'm fighting, I got That's, bored. Do you know what, it's okay. You know what, it's okay. Just because Rocky is a classic doesn't mean that every single classic has to be watched before you die. I mean, but you should watch it. You, but you should watch Rocky. Then. Why? Why should I? This is. It's a great. It's one of my it's favorite a, films. It's a great underdog story. It's a. It's the. It legit. Like, like, like should how, I be into it straight away though? Because I just wasn't. Um. No. It, it. It does take a while to get into it. You. You. But it does. It. Yeah. If I can, if I can get to you probably Rocky get fighting Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you probably. I'll just start with Rocky yeah, three. You probably get into. The later ones quicker, but they're not as good. No, plot-wise, story-wise, yeah. character-wise, direction-wise, <laughs> they're just not. Rocky Four is quite easy to get into, but you, Rock, the original Rocky has a lot more heart and, and grit. Grit, yeah. It. It's more socio-realistic. It's like Rambo before they made him all like action hero-wise. Mm, yeah, I guess I so. You, you're talking about First that. Blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah you could. There, there's. You can make some comparisons there in comparisons to sequels, definitely. Right, let's finish off this week's <laughs> podcast. I think we've had a great chat, guys. I, I love the fact that we talked about British films and yeah, we talked good. about the girl with all the gifts and butterfly effects and all that sort of stuff. Right, 30 second recommendations. Adam, you're going to start off first, if all that's right. all right. Are you ready? Yes. Four, three, two, one. Off you go. I'm going to do Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, I've often said that I'm not a big fan of how animated films are going now because they're also trying to copy Pixar's style. Mm. But this one has one very much of its own and ref- it reflects its co- co- early comic book sort of style. And I think the plot of it's very handled well of multi dimensions, which multi dimensions are confusing. But it's Nick Cage as Spider Noir and the pig one is fantastic. 
Don't bother. Peter yeah, Peter Paul. Porker, amazing. Also, just a caveat to that, if you've not watched Love, Death and Robots on Netflix, they used a lot of, uh, they tried a lot of the animation for that film throughout that little series. It's a fantastic little series to watch. I think Lord and Miller can't do wrong. No, no, no. Everything chance. they touch is gold. Do you think that's why they left Solo? They're yeah. Like, oh god, this is gold. <laughs> this is- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they but they wrote the script for it, no? I think so. But then Ron Howard got involved. Yeah. It was rewritten. Yeah, but Ron Howard, Ron, right? Remember, Ron for every good, Ron, Ron Howard, right? For every Angels and Demons he's made, he's done Rush. Yeah, and Rush is a really good film, right. and he's done Frost Nixon. Do you know what I mean? He's oh, done. Again. He's done great yeah. films. Okay, fair enough. I'm yeah, sorry, Ron. If you're, if you're listening. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I think Ron Howard does this thing. Sorry, we're going off on a Love you, Ron. here. Ron Howard does this thing where he does one for you, one for me, one for the big studio, one for the big studios Grinch. where I haven't had, you know, and then one for me. You know, that's that's how I think he works. And I think Steven Soderbergh works in the same way. I'm okay. going off on one. Okay, I'll be, right, I'll be kind yours. Go for it. Ready? And no countdown. Yeah. Fair enough. Five, four, Five, three, two, one. Cheese it. Right, I'm going to go with Children of Men. This is one of my all-time favourite films. Um, it's by Alfonso Cuaron. It stars uh, Clive Owen amongst uh, other people. I mean, a fantastic cast. I don't need to list them all. Um, but it does an amazing job of following uh, the story, uh, the Clive Owen's story, really, and giving you a suggestion of this wider world. As he comes through this world, you, you get the sense of so many other stories that could be told in the background. And it's just such a lived-in space. Um, it's just a film that absolutely blew my mind if you've not watched it yet you should nice one I was a second over sorry that's fine I'll allow you to have it uh, notice how I didn't interrupt you no you didn't did yeah. you want to though because it is a phenomenal film sometimes uh, so <laughs> when when I watched Children of Men for the first time mm. watching the cinema it was oh, one wow. of it was one of the greatest cinematic experiences that yeah. I've had yeah. uh, the the long takes yeah. the, the the choreography of those unbelievable film yeah absolutely yeah. phenomenal anyway yeah sorry right, ready for mine? yours ready three two one go so uh, Free Fire by the director Ben Wheatley is a mad and uh, graphic uh, shooter caper uh between um, Army Hammer, Brie Larson, Sam Riley, uh, I can't remember all the actors that are in it, but it's a it's jam packed with brilliant actors. Um, it, it, basically, it's a it's an exchange of illegal guns and ammunition gone completely wrong. In Ima- that's yeah. really dumb. You do you want to finish your sentence? I feel bad. Gone completely wrong. Imagine a fifteen certificate Acme. Warner Brothers cartoon. Really? That's how I'd... Yes, yeah, that's it. They, they probably... I've only seen Kill This by him. So. But it's, it's, it's... Effectively, imagine a mass shootout where most of them don't know how to aim properly. Nice. And it's like all the stormtroopers. <laughs> <laughs> what, in a warehouse? In a warehouse. <laughs> Not quite, <laughs> not quite. But again, that I would describe that as a British film. I think Children of Men is definitely a British yeah, film. Course, yeah. Mine's not. You Yours. ruined it. <laughs> yeah, you, I don't know the theme. You ruined the triangle of British <laughs> themed recommendations. Not a British Spider-Man. He's British Spider-Man wouldn't work. No. no. There is the film noir Spider-Man in Spider-Man. Well, into we'll count it. Into multiverse. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man. I know. We need to give the answer to films explained badly from last week. Yes. So for those of you that have listened to last week's podcast, <laughs> for the person who and 
<laughs> Adam set up this new game called uh, Plots Behaving Badly or Plots no. Explained Badly. Film, what, did, films, what, what was it? What did you, how did, what I don't think we had to settle the name. Films Explained Badly. Films Explained Badly. That's a different name every week. So can you... Films Behaving Badly. Yeah, let's have that one now. Adam, please <laughs> give them a recap on what the badly explained plot was. It was Small Gremlin Teaches Magic. And the film is... Have you, have you got do you actually film? know what the film is? Because I know... I haven't got a blinking clue. Do you not? Know, do you I want to give the answer? Know. Have you? Do you yeah. actually know? Do you want me to give it? Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Yes, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. It's Yoda. It's Yoda. It's a gremlin, It teaches it? magic. But it's not magic. It teaches magic. It is. That's why it's all <laughs> <so laughs> badly. badly. Uh, oh. That's the whole point. Right. Um, Adam, I never thought I'd say this, but I hate both you and this game. <laughs> <laughs> do you want another one? Right. <laughs> Don't all answer at once. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. So, this one, right? Mm. After his... You <laughs> <laughs> learned how to speak. I, I get a feeling you're making this up no. on the spot. After his... <laughs> After his apprentice is brutally murdered, a, f- um, a sick magician <laughs> fails to relaunch his career. The Sorcerer's Apprentice. That is... <laughs> let's realize, oh, but magic again. <laughs> um, it's not actually magic. Re- repeating it. So, <laughs> today's question is... <laughs> you don't even have this written down. You no, memorise it. No, I made them myself. Right, go again, Adam. Go on. Tell them what it is again. After his apprentice is brutally murdered, a sick magician fails to relaunch his career. Okay, I'm oh, going okay. I'm, I'm going Elf. Elf? Yeah, the elf. We'll find out next week. But if you have the answer at home... You can tweet us at TalkingHereRBAD. Or I'm dot talking dot here dot... R-B-A-D. Dot. No, no dot. Oh, <laughs> just, there's no, there's no dot after the R-B-A-D. So many dots, Look, I just can't tweet keep, us keep at TalkingHereRBAD. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I think that that's it. And that's it. And there'll be a prize Crikey. for the winner. This has gone on for hours. Right, well, there's only one thing left to say. Go for it, Rob. I'm leaving here. Thanks, everybody.